If you are just getting started with the NGSS and 3D teaching, I want to invite you to check out Bring Wonder Back, an on-demand video series designed to help you understand why moving through the textbook and teaching topics is actually crushing your students' curiosity and what you can do instead. It's going to help you shift the work of learning where it belongs by building your understanding of explorations and discovery-based teaching practices. And finally, I'm going to help you take the first steps toward transforming your students into scientists through 3D learning, which is really what the NGS is all about. You can access this video series at iExploreScience/wonder and get ready to bring wonder engagement and a love for learning back to your science class. All right, to the show. Welcome to the Teaching Science in 3D podcast. My name is Nicole Van Tassel. And I'm Erin Sadler. And we are two science teachers dedicated to helping you cut through the confusion and meet the intent of the NGSS so you can master all three dimensions. The NGSS can seem totally overwhelming, but implementing these standards doesn't need to be. Hey, Nicole, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm good. Um, So are you ready to talk about objectives and learning targets today? Yes, and this will be an interesting one because I feel like we have a little bit of a different approach. So that's good because you can see like how it works in different ways. But I also think we're definitely on the same page. So yeah, we'll end up in, we'll end up in like a fist fight. Yeah, well, and I think that this um, like this topic kind of is born out of this idea that um, that you have to like write your objectives on the board every day, and um, yes. like a lot of administrators are looking for that type of thing. So right, um, that that that's why we're getting a lot of questions about learning targets and objectives and all of that kind of stuff. Yes, and that is kind of a whole nother topic too about like administrators not really getting the NGSS. Yeah, because it's that was, I actually just that down. Yes. So that should, we should um, have like a a full episode on maybe how to, how to deal with that because that can be a struggle. But anyway, that's not the topic today, but I think that you're right that that's really where this question is coming from. Cause honestly, who cares whether you use objectives or learning targets or not? Although I I think you have the value and we'll talk about that, but Mm -hmm. I think you're right. It's, it's really coming from like the requirements that are passed down from your school or your district or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, um, I attended a training um, actually for the second time this summer, and um, the recommendation was, you know, kind of the same old recommendation that if you want your students to do something, you have to tell them what it is you want them to do ahead of time. And that is just so contrary to what we we do in NGSS. So, yes, Um I, my first year teaching um, in a, well, in a public school district where, you know, you have like these big trainings and all, we had to go through the new teacher training and there was a whole session, like literally half a day on writing objectives and learning targets because yes, the idea exactly is that students need to know what is expected of them and to know what success looks like. And I do agree with that in a lot of ways, like classroom management students need to, they're not, students are not always that smart. They need you to tell them, you know, what you expect from them. You can't just assume those things, but it makes it difficult when you're trying to use the NGSS and that puzzling out because it's a balance between telling them too much and not telling them enough. Yeah, definitely. So what is wrong with just giving them an, an objective to work with? Okay. So let's like first iron out, like 
some of the terminology. So yeah. I I'll, I talk about like learning targets and success criteria a lot. And then you can tell me like, where do objectives fit into like my understanding? Yeah. So learning targets would be a statement like students are, will students will develop a model to illustrate the structure of Earth's interior based on evidence. Really long, but that's like one of the standards. Um, so the success criteria written just from that learning target that I might put on my lesson plan would be, I can build a model or illustrate a model that shows Earth's interior and support my ideas with evidence. So the I can state, the success criteria is like the I can statement. If students did that, then they know they were successful. The learning target is kind of like the teacher's viewpoint of the students are going to do this. Now, what, how do your objectives like line up with that? So um, I think that I kind of categorize like what students are doing kind of into two different categories. Um, so the first one is that um, like are students developing a skill? So when students are developing a skill, um, then I love using like an objective and that's like students will be able to um, graph their data or something like that, you know, like a nice old school objective. Um, the other thing is, is that if students are like developing a model or something like that, it's very difficult for me to write out um, an objective that doesn't give them away, like give away what they're supposed to be figuring out. So what I do is I write objectives and I hide them. Like I don't <laughs> show them to anybody. Um, and I do that using evidence statements. So I go through an evidence statement and I write out all of the things that students need to know and be able to do. And I only give those to the students if it's like a skill that they're developing. Okay, so let's rewind just a little bit first. So why don't we want, and this was your original question that I veered away from, but yeah. like, why don't we want to tell our students exactly what they're supposed to know? Oh, I think it defeats the whole purpose of the NGSS. The students are supposed to be figuring out um, to be figuring out phenomena on their own. And if you're telling them the answer, then that defeats the purpose. <laughs> if you're telling Exactly. Yeah. I 100% agree with you. So I just found this quote today because I was working on a workshop for um, our like science teacher tribe people. And um, the quote was from, well, how do you say his name? Jean Piaget or Jean Piaget? Yeah. Piaget? I don't know. How do you say it? I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, the guy who's like the big developmental guy, you know, in psychology. Uh -huh. And he, his quote was like, when you teach a child something, you take away forever his chance of discovering it for himself. Yeah. So the NGSS is all about students discovering it for themselves. So if you tell them the earth has four layers, they have no incentive to figure it out on their own. Right. And they never, they never have to figure it out on their own because you gave it to them. So we want our students to be like the thinkers and the figure figure outers right <laughs> ones who just take it at face value and absorb it in because most yeah. of them don't absorb it anyway <laughs> yeah definitely and also um like not to drive it back to like you know state testing and all of that but the way that our state test is is written is is that students are going to be presented with an entirely new phenomenon and that they're going to have to use those science and engineering practices and cross-cutting concepts and disciplinary core ideas in order to answer those questions based on a phenomena they've likely never seen before. So, um, so just teaching them the stuff in a specific context and with specific objectives isn't really going to be beneficial. 
Right. Well, and that ties to the whole, I hear over and over again, like my students can't transfer this understanding. They can't, well, then they obviously didn't learn it. They just memorized what they memorized the textbook definition or they memorized the, the video explanation. They didn't actually like learn it (laughs) or like understand it. Um, okay. So that's why we shouldn't use objectives. Well, that's why there should be some discernment when you're using objectives that you don't want to give too much away. And the second question that I had was you said about writing your objectives, um, but then you hide them. So like, what's the value in writing them anyway? Yeah. Um, so the way that I build my storylines is, um, I build them like, you know, on a big, basically piece of paper or whatever. Um, and I like to put those objectives at the end of a particular lesson sequence, um, to make sure that students have gotten this, you know, I like to say that, that as we go through the sequence, they're building this understanding until we get to this point. And I think that when I don't write objectives, that I leave a lot of pieces out. And that can happen when you're using a discovery approach that there's so many like balls in the air that you're juggling that you, um, that it's easy to kind of like drop one. Yes. My problem too is in like, in addition to just like forgetting to do things, it's kind of a little bit like squirrel syndrome Mm -hmm. or whatever, where I'm like, oh, this is an interesting topic. I'm going to throw this in. And then it takes you on a rabbit trail or squirrel trail or whatever, totally off, you know, away from your objective. And then, so then you're like kind of wasting time because you're not moving toward where you really need to be. You're kind of maybe confusing your students a little bit because now you've lost that cohesiveness. Yeah. Um, And our goal is that our students are seeing how all of these things are tied together. And while that does obviously have a connection, it's not really moving your students in the direction you want them to go. And then you get into like where you're kind of like, how can I tie this back? And it's a stretch mm-hmm. and it's just like, probably shouldn't have gone down that rabbit hole anyway. Yeah. And that can really happen when you have like some really fun labs and stuff like that. And you're like, I want to use them, but you really shouldn't. Yeah. And <laughs> I think yeah I think that that goes back to like teachers who are new to the NGSS where they're thinking about what they used to include yeah going through the objectives really like makes it clear like no this isn't really something that you need to include anymore like um the example that I always use is that you don't actually need to teach like all of the periodic table in middle school like we don't do that anymore no right they do not need to memorize that whole thing or yeah um Exactly. Right. Wherever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, exactly. Like, and I, along those lines too, I've seen teachers who have like really cool lessons, but they're all disjointed mm-hmm. and because they never clearly like outlined their objectives, they're just like hitting a little bit here and a little bit there. And the students seem like they're having fun and they're enjoying the activities, but they're not ever really putting those pieces together or getting where they need to go. Because it was just like a little bit of a fun activity here and a little bit of a fun activity there without any clear objective or path or direction. So that's why I do think creating objectives, whether you do it in the way Aaron talks about or you, you know, do it like kind of like I do, I think it's valuable no matter what as a teacher that that you do it when you're designing your units and your lessons. Yeah. I think so what do you think about essential questions? Because our 
our admin has switched away from um, from using objectives. Yeah. Um, I think that we've convinced them that those aren't very valuable, but what do you think about now they want us to use essential questions? Um, so I like questions. So I, I kind of made more work for myself and I always did like all three. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause my district wanted the learning targets and the success criteria. So that was always part of it. But I found that like students, when I went to like evaluate, like when we got to the end of the lesson sequence and I wanted students to tell me what they learned, they really needed it in question form for whatever reason. They just like understood it better. So the success criteria, and in some cases it might be a direction, like draw a model, but in other situations, it might be like, why does, or how does earth's, how does the sun's energy reach earth? Draw me a model. You know, they need that, like that, they need it in question form. So I think that's valuable um, using it as a question because then you can guide students toward that. And it also focuses their discovery. So they know kind of what are we supposed to be looking for? Cause, yeah. Cause like the NGSS, it is inquiry based, but it's not just like totally free inquiry. We're just like, go explore whatever you want. It's inquiry within, with trying to figure out this phenomena or this puzzle. <laughs> That's so funny. I was just writing an email like right before we started talking. Um, and that was my topic is, is like NGSS isn't just inquiry. It's not like free inquiry. Right. Yeah. Because there's definitely like a difference. And we do have clear objectives that you want your students to get to. Your goal as a teacher is to create the activities and the sequences that leave the students there and allow them to like inquire within that environment. Um, so I like that the questions allow for that inquiry without but, but still provide like a frame. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, um, I have started just using it because, um, because we're required to, but I really like it. Um, and it also has provided me if with the opportunity to, to bring in student questions as essential questions. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're going to talk about that in detail in a, in a different episode, but, um, but, uh, I think that when you're focusing on questions, it, it allows you to bring in that practice of asking questions. So, yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah. Now, okay. So for those of you who like, who are like me and you did have to do learning targets and success criteria though, or objectives of some sort. Now there are ways that you can get around it. And so I just want to like, for those of you out there who are in that situation, don't feel like, oh, I have to write objectives. So I'm totally going to give all my students the answers and it's going to ruin everything because you can still like the way that I always say, it's like you are giving them the objective, but you're taking like what you do is to transform that objective. You take out any of the vocabulary and you focus on, um, just like describing what like students are doing. So I always use this example of condensation instead of saying like, Students can explain condensation forming on a Coke can or something. Mm -hmm. I might say like students can explain the water droplets forming on a Coke can or something like that. Or like students can explain our, I don't know, our Coke lab. (laughs) Maybe don't say Coke lab. (laughs) Um, But so you, you're like taking away all of the, the vocabulary and I still put the skill in there. Like they're explaining it or they're developing a model to show it, or they're analyzing data to explain it or whatever. I try to always put the science and engineering practice that they're working on inside of my success criteria and my objective and target or whatever you want to call it. 
Um, but I take away as much as I can in terms of the explanation. So you can still, you can still do it without, you can still use objectives and learning targets and things like that with the NGSS. You just have to like reconsider how you craft them so that you're, you aren't giving that information away. I like that idea that, um, I have gotten into a habit of, I created like a, um, a Google presentation where I put my agenda every day and I do like a question and then the agenda. Mm -hmm. And then I like write out my science and engineering practice and cross-cutting concept for the day. Cause I'm trying okay. to make that like explicit. Yeah. That's awesome. If I were doing something like you're doing, then maybe I wouldn't have to do that. Yeah, because it would be part of the like objective. Like I always, I do always tie the science and engineering practice to the objective. I don't always tie in the cross-cutting concept, but that's a good idea. Like to try to incorporate that when you can. We also don't want it to get too like long and unwieldy. Um, yeah. But but yeah, that that could maybe eliminate because I do want the students to see how the skill ties to the content. Yeah. And I want the I want also to convey that the skill is just as important as the content too is like another thing. You know, I don't want students just to say at the end of the lesson, like, well, I figured out the like I know this content if they didn't actually do like they didn't actually analyze the data to get there. Well, then you still missed you still didn't carry out that or meet that success criteria because you didn't analyze the data, you just copied the answer from your friend. Yeah. Oh, I like that. So, I don't know. Thoughts. <laughs> yeah. No, I like that. So I guess, I mean, that's really all I have for learning targets and objectives and all of that. Do you have anything else? No, I think that's just about it. So yeah, yeah. that's all we got for you guys. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> yeah. And if you have any questions, make sure that you send them to our Instagram account. And that's at teaching science um, underscore in 3D and um, or on any of our Facebook pages. And we will link to all that in the show notes as well. Yeah. All right, have a great uh, Monday, guys. Yeah. Making sure that your lessons are three-dimensional isn't always easy. While you don't need to include all three dimensions every single day, you do want to make sure that each dimension is regularly addressed. I developed a really simple 3D planner to help keep me focused. It helps me track which pieces I'm using in my daily lesson plans. It only takes me five minutes to fill out, and it helps me notice patterns in my own lesson planning. For example, when I first started using it, I noticed I wasn't including the cross-cutting concepts as often as I thought I was. Just by recognizing this, I was able to focus on this one piece and improve my lessons. Right now, you can grab the same template that I use for my own planning for free. Go to sadlerscience.com slash 3D planner to grab yours. That's sadlerscience.com slash 3D planner.